my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by Cesar Ibarra from Freedom Works. Always a great time talking to Caesar. Uh, and we had a lot to discuss. We talked about uh, the latest in the war in Ukraine with the Nord Stream pipeline blowing up. Uh, we talked about uh, Joe Biden insisting that the best way to prepare for a hurricane is to get vaccinated. Uh, we talked about the Democrats' new spending package that's going to pass Congress here today or tomorrow. Uh, a lot of uh, cheery subjects to discuss today. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy the show, though. Uh, before I get to Caesar, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Caesar Ibarra. All right, guys, we're here with Caesar Ibarra, VP of Policy for Freedom Work. Caesar, how you been, man? Hey, Brady, good to be on. I've been I've been well, just fighting fighting the swamp at every corner. It's uh, it's exhausting, but you know what? Freedom Works is always up to it. Hey, if you guys aren't doing it, who will? You know, somebody uh, somebody's got a somebody's got to stand in the breach, my friend. Glad you guys are doing the Lord's work over there. Um, so we got a ton to get to as always today. Uh, let's start over in Europe with the caveat that neither of us are. are Europe experts, foreign policy experts. There's a bunch of guys. I'll I'd refer to the audience uh, for more comprehensive, you know, commentary on the war in Ukraine and all that. It's not my wheelhouse, but um, we have to start here. Somebody blew up the the Nord Stream pipeline. The Danish military found a massive, something like a mile wide, uh, discharge above uh, the pipeline where it was clearly sabotaged. Um, I'm gonna be as generous. I, I'm. <laughs> People know my foreign policy if they've been listening to the podcast for more than five seconds. So I'm going to be this is as, as generous to the United States as as physically possible. At this point, we don't technically know if it were the Russians or or the, or the U.S. that that blew up this pipeline. Um, it, it's feasibly it could be the Russians to stick it to Europe, you know, like the the Germans in particular to try to bring them to the negotiating table, I guess, or, or something like that. Uh, it would make a lot more sense to me if it was the United States sabotaging Russia for the exact opposite purpose, right? Like making negotiation impossible, prolonging the war in Ukraine, further depleting the Russian military and all of that. Um, there's technically no evidence one way or the other, but the two scenarios are either one, Putin is a, like a madman. He's lost his mind, um, and because of that, some mental deficiency, he's making terrible, you know, unwise decisions, or two, the it seems more likely in my mind the CIA, the CIA and the Pentagon are way more invested in this war than they'd like to admit. Um, e- either way, we're talking about a country that is pledged to use nuclear weapons if they find it necessary. So um, it, it is scary stuff. Negotiations don't appear to be imminent. Um, obviously, this thing could get a lot worse. This definitely seems like an escalation. Uh, yeah, it definitely. That's that's what I was going to get to. It's if nothing else, this is just an escalation to the current crisis that we're seeing. If it was Putin, this just means that they're going to be trying to to get the the Western alliance, you know, to get more invested in the war. I don't know, you know. My point is, this is not going to end well. Whether it was Russia, whether it was the U.S., whoever it was, 
I think where we, we still have not seen the, the second and third order consequences of this attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. And it, Tucker Carlson had a great bid. Obviously, Tucker Carlson is one of the great ones out there, sort of uh, challenging the conventional wisdom on, on these issues specifically. But yeah, he brought he was bringing up great points on how uh, President Biden and President Biden's State Department, you know, kept highlighting that if if Putin keeps waging this war against Russia, if he crosses into into Ukraine, I'm sorry, and, and and starts attacking through his military, then the Nord Stream pipeline would then the would, would pretty much cease to exist. They never said how or when, and then this happens. So you know, only the deep state knows who did it at this point. But yeah, I don't think we're 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 reaching when we say that you know it could have been the U.S. or Russia, whether it was Madman Putin. Or, or our own deep state uh, trying to continue poking holes at, at the Russian bear. Yeah, and I just, you know, I'm trying to be as diplomatic here as possible, you know, um, because there's no, like, I, I can't find any hard, there's no hard evidence yet as to what happened. But, yeah, well, here's you the know, other, here's but the other. Just, it, but just as somebody who's followed U.S. foreign policy my entire adult life. Right. It's just like when you see, when, when foreign events occur, and it just so happens that the outcome is exact, just precisely what the CIA would want. It's like I, I I'm sorry, like I, I, I have to assume U.S. involvement. I mean, it, it just it works too perfectly to the Pentagon's agenda. I, I just the, the agenda of the military-industrial complex. I mean, it's just too when it works out perfectly like that. It's just hard. I mean, how would you assume anything other anything other right. than U.S. Well, involvement? And if you're Putin and your assessment is that Washington did it, like, how do you respond? You know, so, you know, what does that mean for America? Right. Does he respond in kind? Does you know, I think Tucker was bringing up great points yesterday. Right. He was saying, you know, what happens if there's a cyber attack and, you know, our banks of England cannot communicate with the banks in in, in New York? What happens to our energy infrastructure if it's compromised? Like all of these things that Russia could very well do to us could literally put us at such, not only at a disadvantage, but it would mean that we would pretty much start living in third world country situations where we don't have energy, our water systems are not working. All of these things that we take for granted are gonna become very real if this war goes sideways. Like we we are, we are, we are playing this proxy war with Putin, who is a legitimate maniac, who is already threatening nuclear wars in Ukraine, you know, nuclear attacks on Ukraine. So we just, I think I, I, my hope is that uh, cooler heads prevail here. You know, I hate war. My, my, my mind is that war should only be employed when you really want to destroy and, and, and uh, annihilate your enemy, right? Otherwise, we have other elements of power that we can use. But if your goal is not to destroy your enemy, then we should not be trying to, to, to start a war in any way. So, and I don't think the American people really, uh, have the, I don't think there's any sentiment in America where it's like, yeah, let's go out and, and, and wage war against these guys. I don't think America would want a war right now. You know, we're just we just came off a 20 year war. And again, we were fighting the Taliban. Right. This is this is not even a conventional army. Now we want to wage a war against a nuclear state. I mean, geez, I, I don't I don't think we're ready for that. Maybe our military is, but the American people are not ready for that. No, absolutely not. And you have a president who is clearly not all there mentally. Who, I mean, just twice in the last month, he threatened nuclear war with China over Taiwan. Um, you know, obviously, he threatened to have Putin assassinated back in March. That was a, that probably wasn't very smart. I mean, he just keeps, you know, he doesn't, he's not all, he's not with us. You know, he has Alzheimer's or, or dementia or whatever, and he just gets on the mic and says random things, threatens war. 
Well, it's like, man, I just can't. And, like, it, and even the, the people that are, are way more interventionist than me, like the traditional kind of right wing, you know, just Republican interventionist foreign policy guys are, you know, they're 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 laughing at, at Putin and the Russian military. They have lost. I don't think they've lost nearly the men that, you know, like the Ukrainian propaganda would, would lead you to believe 50,000 or you know, it's probably not that many. But, um, but but they have lost a ton of men. They've lost a bunch of generals. They've lost hundreds of tanks. And they're like, oh, look at the Russians. Their military sucks. Putin's ter- you know, he's a terrible wartime leader. And it's like, yeah, I get all that. Like the, the Russian military, conventional military, isn't nearly as scary as we thought. You know, they, they are kind of getting their asses handed to them by, by the Ukrainians right now. But I'm like, man, that that's not very comforting. So it's like, oh, we have this madman who sucks tactically, with, you know, with battlefield tactics, who also has 4,000 ac- active nuclear warheads. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, is, that, is that better? You know, that there's this man who doesn't know how to wage war and, and the, the Russian military is inept. It's like, I, I don't know if that's, uh, that doesn't give me any comfort considering the nukes still exist. Like, I just don't, I, I don't know if, if bragging about the Russian losses, the, the deaths of Russian soldiers is is really something we should be, be cheering right now. I mean, if, if that's moving Vladimir Putin in a more and more unhinged direction, I don't think that bodes well for anybody. Yeah, no, and, and again, people are here talking Washington, D.C. about war and all these things. It's like, look, we can plan as much as we want, want, but war is, I mean, war is just madness, right? And you can you can plan all you want for war, but as soon as, 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 as you know, missiles and, and tanks and bullets start flying, it's a whole different ballgame. So we can armchair quarterback this all we want, and the U.S. military can be here, you know, advocating for Ukraine's sovereignty, blah, 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 but at some point— something's got to give right and, and war is generally never the answer um so anyway but here's the other interesting thing you know we're we uh bef- before we, we started recording we were talking about um the ukraine uh, security package that congress is about to vote on we're talking about nuclear weapons it includes 330 million dollars for the national nuclear security administration for their operations related to nuclear weapons in ukraine and I think that's just very interesting and telling. Like, why are we appropriating $330 million? It's almost like we are foreshadowing what's going to go down, right? Yeah, I actually didn't know about that. We're gonna get, we'll are gonna we get more into that in, the, in a second where we talk about the spending package. That is pretty terrifying. Um, real quick, before we move on from Ukraine, though, uh, I, I wrote a piece about this six months ago, probably in February, as soon as the war started, um, that, that energy independence is, is a national security issue. And nobody is learning the lessons that should be learned here in the United States. I mean, like, Germany gets half their energy from Russia, as does a handful of other European countries. And they're staring down the barrel of a cold winter when energy costs have already tripled. I mean, their heating and and electrical bills, if you're a citizen of Germany, has tripled in the last six months. And and, and they're figuring out, you know, maybe we shouldn't have shut down all of our our nuclear plants because an autistic Swedish teenager told us to. You know, it turns out... (laughs) That, uh, that letting uh, a Swedish teenager run your energy policy isn't very smart. And the, the U.K. is getting wise um, at this point. They're, they're walking back a lot of their, their quote-unquote, carbon-neutral goals for 2030 or whatever. They're realizing that they need to produce more energy. Um, like, Europe is at least beginning to learn how important energy independence is. Unfortunately, that lesson is not being learned here in the United States. I mean, the Democrats are still bent on destroying uh, the American energy industry. The Biden regime is, is still only issuing... Three percent, three percent of the drilling permits as their predecessors. Only two percent of the drilling permits that were issued under the Obama administration. 
Okay, so a 98% reduction in, in, in offshore drilling uh, than under Obama when, when, when Biden was vice president. So, I mean, there, there's a land war in Europe going on right now that will be won or lost based on energy, essentially. And the left refuses to admit that they were wrong. They refuse to change course whatsoever. Yeah, and look, if, if you really want to hear, you know, if you really want to push back against um, Russia— I mean, if I'm the U.S., you would start, you know, turning on these, uh, these, uh, you know, allowing industry to start pumping out natural gas and sending it over to to Europe, right? We could fill that void if the federal government only allowed us to do it, right? If you really want to uh, have America, you know, have a say in the outcome of this war and moving the needle, you can do that beyond just, you know, se- sending uh, Raytheon's weapons. You can actually do that by exporting our natural resources to Europe, natural gas and all these other things, so they can fill that void from 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 the Russian natural gas. But again, to your point, the Democrats rather they're more worried about you know sun, about about solar energy, about wind energy, about electric vehicles and decarbonization and electrifying everything. They 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 they, they just have a warped way of looking at the world. And um, you know, I always say, right, like let let kids. It's when you talk to kids, right, just let them fail, let them fall down on their face, and then they'll learn the lesson not to be doing dumb things, right. But the consequences when we're talking about nation states and 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 the state of war, that's catastrophic. So. Um, you know, I, I hope we don't hit rock bottom before we realize that, you know, poking holes in the earth so we can get um, energy production is actually a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like you mentioned, uh, tomorrow night is the deadline to fund the government. Uh, either today or tomorrow, Congress will pass another continuing resolution to fund the government through December. Uh, obviously, most importantly for Democrats, this means no budget fights uh, before the midterms. Um, so for, for anybody who hasn't read up on it yet, um, including myself, <laughs> what is in the spending package uh, and why, uh, once again, won't Republicans fight to turn off the money spigot when we're dealing with the worst inflation in 40 years? So originally, so what, So let's go back a little bit. So Joe Manchin had a, did a behind-the-scenes deal with Chuck Schumer and said, if, if you want my vote for the Inflation Reduction Act, then you are going to need to put on the floor uh, a permitting reform bill, which objectively speaking, this permitting stuff is really good. It helps out, you know, you know, the development of, of, of energy production, nuclear energy, all these things, right? So anyway, if Joe Manchin votes for the Inflation Reduction Act, it passes. Now we get to this uh, continuing resolution fight, which is upcoming in the next two days. The original bill, the continuing resolution had obviously the spending stuff. Um, then it had Joe Manchin's permitting bill. It had $12.4 billion for Ukraine and a few other small ball items, some extensions, some some expiring authorities. And then the, the progressive left, they threw a whole fit about this and said, if you put this per, this permitting reform bill is going to, it's a giveaway to the fossil fuel industry. And again, right, just what the left does, alarmism and fake, fake news, fake policy. And Joe Manchin ended up caving. They cave. They take that out, and now the Senate is going to proceed with the bill, and it's going to include $12.4 billion for more war in Ukraine, um, and the and this continuing resolution is going to go through December 16th of this year, to your point, right after, right after the midterms. At FreedomWorks, what we've been saying is every Republican should oppose – if they want to vote for a continuing resolution, then that continuing res- resolution should go uh, through next Congress. 
Why? Because we don't want to give Biden, Schumer, and Pelosi a bite at the apple. Like a new, this election is going to be a referendum on these three crooks, right? So we want the new majority to be able to dictate what the budget is going to look like for the rest of the fiscal year. Um, we, you know, Chip Roy in the House, he's doing a great job at, at amassing support for this, but it looks like we're probably going to get rolled in the Senate. And um, and like I said, you know, the there's no, nothing more bipartisan in Washington than supporting the war in Ukraine. And it's just really sad. So my, you know, I don't know when this is going to uh, go live, but my prediction is that this is going this we're, this bill is going to pass. It's going to go through December 16th, and Zelensky is going to get another 12.4 billion dollars, um, and he's probably going to get another 12.4 for Christmas as well. And the American people shafted. Yeah. Once again, I just don't understand um, why Republicans don't appear to have any sense of urgency in terms of stopping the spending. I mean, I know there's a lot of big government Republicans, too, but it's like aside from, you know, the guys that are, are consistently excellent on spending, guys like Thomas Massey in the House, guys like right. Mike Lee and Rand Paul in the Senate. You know, there's a handful of them, obviously. Um, uh, but what, what is it going to take? I mean, if, if not now, when? I mean, the, the American people are suffering under the weight of this this government spending. I'm not sure what it's going to take them to realize the economic destruction caused by either their own spending or, at the very least, their appeasement of congressional Democrats and, and, and Democrats in the media. I mean, I, I don't know how much more pain the American people have to endure before they stop the spending. I mean, my guess is that there is no limit to the pain. They'll, they'll refuse to stop the gravy train until they've destroyed the value of the dollar completely. But it's the, the fact that we're facing the worst in, inflation since uh, over a decade before I was born. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at, at raising rates. I mean, we're, we're looking at a, a depression, not just a recession. And there's no sense of urgency from Republicans, by and large, at least the leadership of the Republican Party, to, to do anything about it. Yeah. And here's the sad part is. So, OK, Republicans kept saying, oh, you know, President Biden, they passed the he passed the they got the uh, American Rescue Plan Act at the beginning of his term. Then we got the Inflation Reduction Act. And oh, my God, inflationary. And it's so terrible. Well, what did Republicans help Biden with in between? Republicans helped Biden pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. They passed the CHIPS Act, which is corporate welfare, billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars, actually. Then we passed the PACT Act, a bill for veterans, which put $400 billion more on mandatory spending. And But somehow that was not inflationary, Brady. Oh, there's, there are no spending concerns there. Like, you can't have it both ways. When you are printing money for whatever purpose, it's going to affect the American people. So we have to start... Honestly, we have to start treating these Republicans the same way we treat and speak of about Democrats, right? We gotta, we gotta get our activists, we gotta get everyone listening to start putting more pressure on these politicians because one of Kevin McCarthy's top priorities is to reduce inflation. Okay, well here's a good way to, here's a good way to get started next Congress: stop giving Biden any more bipartisan wins. You get two, you get, you get to you get to give him one bill, fund the government through a continuing resolution so spending levels don't go up, and that's it. He gets to sign two more bills in the next two years that are related to government spending, and that's it. The National Defense Authorization Act, we got to rein that in as well because, again, 
you know, it, it's interesting because we, you know, another big topic that keeps popping up is this ESG uh, scores that are being uh, incorporated, that are being uh, produced in corporate America. Right. You know, you look at Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, you know, L3, all these people, they're all invested in war, but they're, I wonder what their ESG score is. There's somehow there's no pressure on these companies to be better stewards of society because, you know, despite the fact that their products are literally ruining countries and families across the world. Yeah, I don't think bombs are very carbon neutral, to be honest. Um, uh, it's... Yeah, and you're absolutely right. We need to start speaking about these Republicans the same way we do Democrats. Like anybody who who gives this degenerate, brain-dead president another quote-unquote bipartisan win needs to be primaried immediately. I mean, it's like I think the only thing Republicans should be voting for in this next Congress is to impeach uh, uh, Joe Biden over and over. Um, if for the very least, just to water down, you know, uh, delude the impeachment process, make it more of a joke, because we know, you know, Democrats will impeach every um, Republican president once a year forever now. I think that precedent has been set. But um, just going back to the pain the American people are feeling, it's not just the prices at the grocery store. It's not just the inflation. Um, I mean, just like if you look at obviously the Fed has to keep raising rates. The Fed should have started raising rates long before. I mean, they they. they artificially kept rates at zero for a decade for absolutely no reason. Um, and, and now mortgage rates are, are, they just hit over 7% on average for a 30-year mortgage this year. And just for anybody that maybe hasn't bought a house, never owned property, let me just explain to, to our younger listeners what that means. I mean, just I'll, I'll just tell you, my wife and I, we bought our new place in March 2021, which is great timing, right? We got a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 2.75%. Now, yeah. the difference between 275 and 7, it doesn't sound that drastic, right? I mean, you, people throw things out like in 1981 to curb inflation, the Fed funds rate was 20.2%. Uh, your average 30-year mortgage was 18%. Um, I mean, that, that so it doesn't sound like 7% maybe doesn't sound that bad. But over the course of a 30-year loan, I, if I bought my new house today instead of March 2021, I would literally be paying an extra $90,000 in interest over the course of that 30 years. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's that a lot go, of That could go to, and it's a, we have a small house. It's not a, not a very large mortgage. Uh, it's, it's not a big loan, but um, I, I'd essentially be paying double over the course of this loan if I got it now instead of a year and a half ago. Okay, that means if you're a young person, you can't afford to buy a house. Like, you can't afford to own property. Okay, like the middle class is getting absolutely hammered right now. Nobody can afford this stuff. And, and, I mean, Democrats want more of it. I mean, it's like they just they, they don't want to stop the gravy train. Republicans too cowardly to try to stop them. And the poor and the middle class are screwed. You know, and that's just, I mean, that's just one example of how the poor and the middle class are, are being absolutely boned by Congress right now. And people see this, this raise of rates, like the Fed funds rates only, what, 3%? Or something like it was twenty. It was twenty percent in nineteen eighty one. You know, so it's like we we look at these numbers, and if you're wealthy, it doesn't. These numbers don't mean anything to you. Like that that increase in a, no. in a mortgage rate doesn't mean anything. The wealthy, be, yeah, the, yeah, wealth, the wealthy can afford to be Democrats. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay? The rest of the country can't because the wealthy and these uber liberal leftists they can afford all of all of Biden's disasters. They'll be fine. But it's to your point, it's the middle class and it's the lower class folks. It's those people who want to become homeowners uh, that are not going to be able to. to I, I had the same story as you. I bought my my condo in uh, in June of last year, 2021, 2.71 uh, interest rate, fixed rate over 30 years. You know, 
awesome. Got a great deal on it. I yep. cannot imagine the pain that it would have been to go through that same process today. Uh, it, it would just been uh, discouraging to say the least. And then again, right, people are going to want to refinance their homes, right, because they want a lower interest rate in the future. Then at what point do you become a homeowner if you're just going to be refinancing and, uh, you know, paying paying your mortgage off to the bank? So, you know, it, it sort of does a disservice to to those people who really want to be homeowners because of, of the interest, interest rates that they were given due to a government-produced inflation. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And, like, you know, you and I, I you know, we did get, we're very fortunate to buy our, our new places <laughs> when we did, you know. And just for your average person, even if you're not taking out a, a massive mortgage, I mean, the difference in buying a year and a half ago to now, I mean, you're talking about four or 500 bucks extra a month. Yeah. That you're that you're paying an in interest, and yeah, obviously if you're wealthy, that doesn't matter. But if you're poor, if you're lower middle class, or even if you're middle class, an extra four or five hundred bucks a month can make or break you. You know, my that's like that, that's the margins that you live off of. You know. Yeah, I mean, my mom can make four or five hundred dollars work. She can make miracles work with for an extra four hundred dollars cash growing up. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. So. Yep. It's real. It's real. But again, these these people don't have that perspective in Congress. And even the Democrats, they came they claim to represent the underserved, the underprivileged uh, minority communities and whatever. But I mean, they want to they just want to want to keep them on the government door. Like, here are your food stamps. Here's your Section 8 housing. Shut up. We're going to take care of you. No, no, they have it all wrong. And, you know, we that that's one of the things we, we're trying to do here at FreedomWorks is try to go into the inner cities, try to go to these communities and get them to understand that they have they that their communities have become pawns to the leftist policies that have kept them down for a long time. Right. There's got to be a new way in inner city America and urban America. And we just got to all these groups that are out here in D.C., we got to do a better job at getting into the inner cities, um, you know, working with state state center right groups to to get them to understand the value of conservative policies, really. And maybe, you know, I would you know, we should just call them common sense policies, because I admit that conservatism can be a, a very polarizing term for a lot of people. But hey, if you want to pay less in taxes, if you want to you know, pay less in permits to get your business up and running, if you want to do all these things that the government is going to charge you on, you know, that, you know, we want conservative policies is going to mean that you're going to get less of that, right? Common sense policies, paying less and giving less to your government. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. Uh, before I let you go, uh, obviously, Hurricane Ian is making landfall at some point today in Florida. Um, looks like it's going to be a bad one. Um, it may a eventually turn out to be a, a Category 5 storm at some point today. So just if you're in, in Florida, especially the, the west coast of Florida, keep your head down. Ladies and gentlemen, stay safe. No no John Wayne stuff, all right? <laughs> you know, if, if you should evacuate, just evacuate. Just go to a hotel an hour away, man. You know, it's not worth it. Um, but the President of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, if anybody forgot, um, the, the alleged President of the United States, um, said last night that, uh, and I promise, ladies and gentlemen, I give you my word, I am not making this up. The President of the United States said that the best way to prepare for a hurricane is to get vaccinated against COVID-19. <laughs> I mean, I just don't even know, like, it, like the whole having a president with Alzheimer's thing is not. I, I admit, in some morbid way, it was it was entertaining. It was it was mildly funny for for a while there, but it's really not anymore when we're talking about people dying. I mean, it's like at this point, I think the man just forgets where he is and what he's doing, and, and he just remembers to, that you know his party's platform is to push these vaccines. So he's just like, if he if he forgets why he's doing a press conference, he'll just go back to to vaccines. But. Um, Man, I, 
but between the, the White House's best advice to, to surviving a hurricane is, is get get vaccinated. Um, and then another yesterday, another display of pettiness and smallness and just moral depravity um, of the Democrats and the Biden regime is they, they refuse to even call uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, to talk uh, hurricane response. They only called the Democrat governors uh, in the South. So, I mean, it's just like it's a joke of a White House. Uh, obviously, Biden's not running the show. Obviously, Ron Klain isn't bright enough to run the show. It's all these like 30 year old Twitter Democrat comms yep. people who are running the country and i you know to give an example on the right like imagine if there was a republican president who had alzheimer's and the only people running the country were a bunch of like 30 year old republicans that listen to steve bannon's podcast every day <laughs> you know what i mean like it would be like that it would, it would be like that, right. that that's like the equivalent of these people these degenerates who are running the country so it's like it's just it's such a stark example once again of just how pathetic this regime is i mean they, they won't even they're, they they don't even want to mobilize with DeSantis. They don't care if if Floridians die because they have a Republican governor. And the best thing they should do against the hurricane is to get an experimental vaccine again, get your fourth booster. I mean, it's just pathetic stuff all around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but that's just the state of affairs. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, when you told me about this tweet, I really had to ask you, like, please. <laughs> is this real? Yeah. I believe this is true. <laughs> But anyway, well, Brady, thanks for having me on, man. You know, I love having these these discussions. There's a lot going on in the world, and um, you know, I think it's it, you know for our for the, for your audience, right? It's all about tying the dots together, because the media they they work hand in hand with the deep staters, the World Economic Forum, at the CIA, at the deep state. So we it's our job to make sure that we're questioning everything, questioning everything until we get to the bottom of it, because they, they they're great at psyops, and uh, we need more people to start questioning. What's coming out of our governments and these big international forums uh, to ensure that, uh, you know, we don't get fooled like we did with the vaccines. Yeah, absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. Where can everybody follow you online and where can everybody get involved with FreedomWorks? Yeah, FreedomWorks.org. We're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all, all across the interwebs, YouTube. Um, Ibarra Caesar 91 that's my own handle on Twitter but uh, I would encourage if you're listening to this go to freedomworks.org and check how your member of Congress what their scorecard is uh, we 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 key vote um, we key vote a lot of fiscal bills in Congress including war stuff and all these things so if you have if you're questioning whether your congressman is doing a good job or not go to freedomworks.org check go on our scorecard and see how he or she is voting if you don't know who your congressman is just put in your zip code and it'll tell you who it is and you can judge for yourself and see what, what his or her score is. And if you think they're doing a bad job, let the call their office and let them know. If you think they're doing a good job, give them a shout out on Twitter. Yeah, and everybody, I, I do encourage you to check out FreedomWorks. Check out the FreedomWorks scorecard. Uh, you're, you're likely to find out that you should probably uh, – uh, you should you should be looking for a new congressman <laughs> in about 70 percent of cases i would say that's that, how we do it that you will find out that you should probably uh be looking for a new congressman and everybody follow caesar on twitter he's great uh, that's all i got for today i'm brady leonard i'll be back on monday no gimmicks